Welcome to The Hype Within, exploring journeys of authentic leadership and growth. On the show, tech leaders will share their stories of developing their leadership skills and challenges they faced along the way. You'll learn about their approaches to self-reflection and personal growth and how they've been able to build a foundation of authenticity that has propelled them to success. I'm your host, Hannah Jakover, B2B marketing leader turned leadership and executive coach. Are you ready to get hyped up? Let's dive in. Hey leaders, I'm here with Geo Taurus today. Geo is the go-to-market strategy and planning analyst at Wiz. Hi Geo, thanks for joining us. How's it going? Thanks for having me. It's good. I'm really happy to have you on because we were just talking about how we've been connected forever and on LinkedIn and we're always commenting on each other's posts and I am loving the content direction that you're going and just sharing so much value for folks that are earlier in their career. And you're just sharing your story and how you were successful and putting that value out there for others, which I think is really inspiring. So I'm excited to talk about it today. Yeah. And I appreciate you having me on the podcast. Obviously, we started on LinkedIn. We started chatting a little bit more. And now that we finally get to have a conversation like this, um, I'm excited to dive in. Amazing. Okay. So I just gave a little bit of a background around sort of the things that you're sharing, the content that you're putting out, your lessons learned, you've been super successful in terms of progression in your career. So I think that's really inspiring and compelling to share that with others. Could you talk about how just your own personal trajectory influenced this purpose for you? Yeah, so when I first started in just trying to break into the tech industry, I always struggled with figuring out what I wanted to do next. Um, I would get into a role and I would enjoy the role, learn so much about it in the first six to eight months in that role, but then I never knew what was actually next. Did I actually want to stay in this role, try to get promoted, move into another role? And I looked around and I always asked my peers as well. And if and I felt like they struggled with that too, like figuring out what do, what do I want to do next? So over the past six years, I kind of just been compiling all the best lessons and all experiences that I've kind of gathered working in hyper growth companies to figure out what's that next step for my career. And I appreciate kind of just sharing that now. And I think one of the biggest things for me is kind of coming to a point where I love being a leader on the team, but that all, no, that doesn't also mean that I have to be a people manager when it comes to it, right? Just because I have a title, go to market strategy and planning analyst doesn't mean that I, I can't help lead in other facets of whatever business or whatever role or team that I'm on. Yes. Oh, so true. I'm so glad you said that. Leaders come in all shapes and sizes. It doesn't mean that you're in a leadership seat. Anybody can be a leader. What you are doing is showcasing your leadership. You just may not be managing people around that. And what's even cooler is that you're a leader, not just in your organization, but outside of your organization too, because you are inspiring others on their journey and showcasing, I think, really great leadership skills in doing so. Yeah. And that's the best part about it, right? When you get to hear uh, from people like yourself or with people on LinkedIn or anybody who DMs me and saying, hey, I really appreciate you showing me this or telling you a story. It points me in the right direction. And it motivates me to be able to post on LinkedIn or be able to do podcasts like this because I do want everybody to be able to get to where they want to go in their career. You may not know what it is, but as long as you're taking the right direction, I think that's the key. I've been in six or even seven different roles now and numerous titles. And at this point, when I'm joining a company, I'm joining for the team, I'm joining for the manager who's going to be helping shape my career. 
I don't really care about the title, honestly, too much right now. I used to care really a lot about it because I wanted to be potentially a people manager to be able to lead a team. But over the years, I realized that I love just working and creating stuff uh, and being sort of ad hoc when it comes to projects that I'm working on, just moving really fast. I think that's the how I got here because I've worked at startups. Like We always sort of just move fast when it comes to things. But I do remember when I was first sales development rep, just starting my career, I was at that crossroad of like, hey, do I want to stay with sales or do you want to go somewhere else? Eventually, I moved into customer success. 12 months later, I had that same type of conversation with myself. Where do I want to go? And I think ultimately, like, you know, you talked a little bit about it. Like, you have to do a self-reflection and say, hey, do I want to go to this VP role? Or do I want to go into this different industry or this different company? And as long as you're doing that, I think you're going to be in a good place. I just don't want anybody to feel like, just sitting there in their role, like feeling stuck and not doing anything about it because mm -hmm. that happens. I've been there before and it's not fun. No, it is not fun at all. You're stuck, you're frustrated, you're worried. Like these negative feelings consume you when you're in that position. I'm wondering for you in your times where you've transitioned and got yourself unstuck, how did you do that? What was your process and what insights did you take from that? Yeah. So my leader, well, I would say one of the, my favorite managers of all time, she has told me in numerous feedback reviews that I've had is the two things that I do really well is I'm very curious and I always take initiative. And she says, if you do anything else in your career, like just make sure you keep those two skills in mind. So when she told me that sort of a light bulb went off in my head to say, okay, I can move about in any role in any company if I just have these two traits and I, and I always keep that in mind. So whenever I feel stuck, I first kind of just look around and ask for help. Like, hey, I feel stuck now, whether it's my manager, whether it's a peer, or even just asking people on LinkedIn, like, hey, I feel stuck, but I'm really curious about learning about this role. So when I was an SDR, I was really curious about customer success because I wanted to get the full funnel sort of sales process and, and view from that standpoint. So I DM'd a bunch of people on LinkedIn, asking them about customer success roles. I applied to a ton of customer success management roles or customer success manager roles. I didn't have the experience, so I was getting turned down left and right. But I took every single one of those interviews and I got feedback from it and I learned. So then the initiative part comes in. Now I realize that, hey, there's other roles out there like customer success associate roles. So then I started applying for those. And I think the biggest thing is like I took action every day. Like I, I was relentless when it came to, I have to change this for myself. If I want to get unstuck, no one's going to come save me. This is your career. You act, ultimately have to drive it. So taking action and, and sort of just staying curious were, the, were the, my two fallbacks when it comes to me feeling stuck. I love that you outlined in your process what I'm seeing and like I'm looking at it too from a coaching perspective is when we're in this position of feeling stuck, like you've talked about, I always tell people who out there is doing what you want to be doing go talk to them like you just did. I DM'd a bunch of people and like, what do you have to lose if you, what are they gonna say? No, I'm not gonna talk to you. Okay, bye. I just think it's so valuable to say, here I am, here's where I'm at, here's where I wanna be. There's a bunch of people that are doing that and they've been really successful at it. Let me pick out the ones that I think would add a lot of value to my journey and talk to them about it and see, and even if it's not talking to them, just lurk on their profile. What are they talking about? What are the skills that they have? What are the certifications that they have? What kinds of companies do they work at? What do they put underneath, you know, the, for their bullet points of what they've done at those companies? And so really taking the time to evaluate that. And so you have this benchmark now of here's where I am, here's where I want to be, here's all the skills that I need to fill in. 
And I love how you talked about these interviews. You took the feedback and you really made it actionable. Like you transformed it into what I like to call or what I like to reference is feed forward is what can I do better next time? How can I take this experience and make it so I, I've learned this lesson and I'm going to apply it to the next one? Yeah. And I'm going to steal that for sure. So the feed forward that I got to get into those interviews and receive from those interviews, I realized I was lacking in some of the skill development areas, like some of the skill sets. Like I was coming from an entry level role of being an SCR, which ultimately like shaped my career in the best way because I wasn't scared to DM people. I wasn't scared to cold call and just ask for that feedback or, or apply to, or, or, and get interviews. So feed forward, I, I would actually get from this interview or, or any of the roles that were out there was helpful for me and to build my confidence. Like, Hey, like maybe a customer says manager role, which they're requiring three to five years isn't the right for you, but a customer says associate role, which I didn't even know about until I actually started interviewing and they were telling me about it. It was like, Oh, perfect. Like this is another data point that I can go back for myself in the process to get unstuck. And once I found that out, I was like, all right, I have a new path forward. And I no longer was feeling sorry for myself or, you know, down in the dumps because a lot of times that's what happens. Right. And it's easy for me to sort of check out and just say, I'm just going to keep doing this role until something kind of falls in my lap. And it's ultimately up to you to decide, hey, I want to go forward with my career and here's the things that you need to do to do it. I'm wondering for the people who are scared, they're scared to send those DMs. And you probably talk to these people a lot too, but like they are so stuck and they're stuck because of fear. And they don't want to reach out to other people because there's something that they're fearful of, whether it's judgment or, you know, like abandonment or like feeling they're in the wrong, whatever it may be. But what do you suggest those individuals to do as a baby step? I was that person. Uh, I'm still that person. I'm terrified all the time of just things that I don't know about, right? Career unknowns. Everybody is at that point and nobody has anything figured out, right? We're all just trying to do our best every single day. My biggest thing is I'm more afraid of being complacent to myself and regretting two or three years on the road of me not giving 110% of what I want out of my career, right? I'm more afraid of that. I'm more afraid of not living up to my full potential and just sitting in the same role, either at the same company, knowing that I don't like this mm-hmm. and I don't like waking up every day not feeling motivated. So the biggest motivation I have is one, do a baby step, right? DM me, ask me on LinkedIn, like, hey, what is something that I need to do next to go forward in my career? You know, make it easy, like just practice. And I think, you know, once you do that, it's all going to start coming together, right? You put it out to the universe, you send that cold DM, you apply to that one job, you set up that one interview, it starts the domino effect of you moving forward and taking action. And all you need is a little bit of momentum. So I know you're scared and I'm scared every single day, but ultimately the, for the things that we want to do in life, we have to move past that and we have to get a little bit uncomfortable. And it sounded like you really grounded yourself in reality of, hang on a second, this is not where I want to be. I'm not happy. Like the reality of the situation is this. And if I want to go here and change that reality, this is what I have to do, which I think is powerful. Looking at it very realistically as what's going on today and how could I move forward if I don't release this feeling of fear? I also think another good strategy is just like calling it out and naming it. I like to go very deep with people and go to those foundational levels of you're feeling fear, name it. What is the fear? That's the emotion, but what is the fear of? And 
really allow yourself to release that. You know, what do you need to do to release that? You've been fearful before. We've all been fearful before. We're here. We've obviously moved past it. So thinking about what can you pull forward from those times and apply to today's feeling of fear to allow that to like move forward, move through you. Emotions get trapped in our bodies so easily and they also make us feel stuck if we just do not allow them to move through us. And we have this limiting belief all the time of what should be sort of a, a perfect career plan or what should be, this is how I should live my life. Like, no, like everything is flexible, right? And uh, mm-hmm. all the experiences that you learn, everything that you've seen in your career, all the good, all the bad is, is you know, it's all a mixture. And once you figure out like, hey, like there's nothing that I can do to move forward and it's ultimately up to you to kind of progress your career, it's, it's a very powerful thing. But unless you call it out, unless you say, I am scared, but that doesn't mean that I'm not going to go forward with whatever I want to do. Mm-hmm. That's probably the best tool that you can have. Yeah, which is easier said than done, but you all can do it. You all can do it. You've got me and Geo. You could do it. <laughs> there you go. Okay, so I'm curious, you know, you have your own experiences that you've gone through, your ups and downs, and you've really taken those personal and professional struggles and what then became success, obviously, and moved into, well, hey, I can help other people. So how are you using your experiences to really help nurture like that initiative and leadership within others? Yeah, I think the best way I can do that right now is just sharing my story. I'm still new in the journey of being able to share my story, share my personal experiences, but I want to be able to help those who are feeling stuck, who are feeling a little scared, or who are just curious about, you know, career progression on the early part of your career, right? I'm still new in my career, right? I'm probably at the beginning midpoint of my career, you know, six years in, and I love just working at SaaS startups. So I think the best experiences that I can give people and how to share with them is to, you know, LinkedIn and, and content creation. Uh, but I love just having conversations like this with other people. I get to learn so much from them as well. You know, I get to learn about other people's experiences and where they're struggling with. Um, I get to connect them with other people. I get to tell them some of my experiences as well. So I think trying to crowdsource all the information is is my favorite thing to do and my favorite way to tell people, um, you know, some of the things that they could apply to their life to, to make it better. Mm, yeah, sharing our stories is so powerful. It's interesting. I was just thinking about this and talking about this with one of my mentees the other day, where depending on your story and who you are, we all have different lived experiences and lots of like layers of diversity there. But your story is always going to be powerful. But you have to move from the place of feeling like the victim to feeling like I am resilient. Like that was challenging and here I am on the other side, I'm so resilient. And I think when you make that move, you're then really able to share your story in a way that benefits other people versus sitting in that kind of victim mentality in order to get out of that. It takes a lot of work, but I see a lot of people make that transition. I've made it too, it's a hard move, but once you do, you really see, I can help people with my story and showcase this resiliency versus talk about the victimhood around it. Yeah, as somebody who's new into content creation, it's very scary being able to share, being being vulnerable. You know, vulnerability a lot of times is transactional. So when you're putting something out there into the universe and you don't get the same receptive uh, sort of reaction to it, because you know, you know, you know what's jamming you, maybe likes and comments like yourself, which is which is amazing. 
but it's hard because you're telling a personal story and you're trying to help people. And sometimes it feels like, you know, you're, you're shouting into sort of an echo chamber, but the, the people that DM me, the people that are asking me questions because they want to progress forward, I'm happy for them. I'm proud of them that they actually took the time in their day and said, Hey, I want to change this person and their story. I really resonate with whether it be moving different roles or working at hyper growth companies. I resonate with this person. So I'm going to try to change my situation now. And let's see, you know, let's see what he has to offer me and let's see what he can coach me on. I love that. One thing that's really interesting is I think the LinkedIn algorithm and like content in general, if when you say it feels like you're shouting into the void and you don't always get the response you want, but it is like a domino effect at some point because people are watching, people are reading, even if they don't engage. Like I've had people DM me and want to connect and they say, I've been following your content forever. And I'm like, I would have known if you had been in that group of highly engaged people, which is interesting because they're watching, they're reading. They're just not necessarily like hitting the like button or commenting likes and comments are great and they make you feel good and but it, it does kind of speak to those being vanity metrics and going back to are you providing value because if you're providing value no matter who's liking or commenting there are going to be people on this other side that are reading and watching and are not commenting and if you're providing value they will reach out to you when when they need your help which i think is really powerful yeah you're just setting them up in your journey right? For when they are ready, when they do wake up that day and they're saying, Hey, I'm tired of being in this situation. I know somebody's out there that's willing to help. I've been following this one person. And like you said, vanity metrics, but then that one DM that they give you is the ultimate thing. Or just even that, that motivational comment that they have for you or them letting you know, like, Hey, like this has really helped me because I got to this, this next step in my journey or this next step in my career. That all that matters to me. I, I just care about actually helping people, helping those around me, my community to improve their career, because I know this is what I would have wanted, you know, three or four years ago. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I know you really love working at startups, those hyper growth environments. And I've been in those organizations as well. And I've seen the leadership challenges, you know, all the way at the top to your manager. Like there tends to be just some challenges around leadership, I feel, in the SaaS world, in the startup world, because I believe of the speed that is required and the amount of work, honestly, everybody kind of has to have their hands dirty and there is so much to do. It's a never ending to-do list. So I feel like a lot of the leadership challenges probably stem from that. But I'm curious, what are some lessons that you've learned around that that have helped you refine your approach? I would say three lessons that I learned the most from working and seeing other leaders operate in these fast-moving startups. The first one being leading with empathy. My favorite managers of all time, they always led with empathy. They cared a lot about my personal growth. They cared a lot about my professional growth. And I felt heard every time I had a one-on-one, I was excited to go into those meetings. The second one is slowing down to be able to speed up when it comes to certain things. The ad hoc projects, the off the cuff things, the random slacks in the middle of the night, like that's going to happen. But the best leaders that I've seen are able to control those and protect their teams when it comes to it. They know when to slow down. They know when to prioritize. They know when to roadmap to make sure that their team is, is super effective. The third one would be leaders know how to communicate and over communicate at the best times. And the best leaders do this at the startups that, I, that I've been at. They're very transparent. 
to communicate to me what I need to know, even when I start to probe them about why behind certain things. I'm the, I'm the type of IC that asks like, oh, well, why are we doing this? I'm the annoying person. I always ask why, why, why? Because I want to understand the full context. <laughs> and being able to over-communicate and being able to just communicate the things that I want to know are, for me, the most effective things that you can do as a leader. Because if I don't know the why, I'm always going to second guess of like, what is the impact that I'm going to have on this project? Like, am I just doing this because some so-and-so and another team said we should do this? Or am I doing this because this is actually going to move the bottom line at the company? So... Empathy, being able to over-communicate obviously is a big thing and slowing down to speed up are my three things. Mm, Those are great. I love them all. Slowing down, I think is so hard for people to do. And I do think that that's why it takes sometimes a seasoned leader to show other people how you do that. Because it's hard, especially in, in the tech world, in the startup scene, like you are being asked to do so much so quickly, but in reality, slowing down and being present and like monotasking, focusing on that one thing and just dedicating time to it is what is going to get you the answer. We make it counterintuitive, I think, just based on what we've created as like this huge monster of tech, you know, and just our industry because we push speed, but we know that we have to slow down to get the answers and to do things the right way. Yeah, I learned this a lot in my in the early part of my career. I would say yes to everything because I thought yes and moving and saying yes and moving fast and working on a bunch of things meant that I was effective as a team member. But then I realized that I didn't have time to complete all my projects and I was doing everything not as good and maybe seventy five percent as well as I would if I just slowed down and said, hey, like what are the top three things that I'm going to be effective at? And how can I prioritize those? So I turned those yeses into yes, but we need to prioritize these first, right? And putting this onus on the other team who's asking these requests or making sure my leader is aware of the impact that I want to make. Mm-hmm. It's huge. I was, when I was working at Mad Kudu, my, uh, or our VP of marketing was out on maternity leave and I was there. This was like my first month. So that was fun. But I was reporting to our CEO. So he was working with the marketing team and I was so used to doing what you were talking about, like always saying yes, putting everything on my plate. What are all the things that we have to do? And I knew that we could get it done, but at what risk, right? We were all going to burn out. And Sam has a way of just being like, we're focusing on one thing. He's like, what's the one thing? And it has to do with also the why and the big bet. So let's just choose one thing that we're going to do and go all in on that. And it was so opposite of what I was used to doing. And I just embraced it. And I learned so much from actually going through that process of not doing everything. And it was one of the reasons why the program that we ended up launching, Marketing Ops Confessions, was so successful because it's all we were focused on. We were so dedicated. And then we went back to doing, honestly, like way too much, but... But yeah, I think communicating the why, especially, and you mentioned it gives you that context, but I also think it allows people to connect to their own motivators. If I know the why, I can align that to why I'm here, what my motivation is and what I think that we could get out of it. And it's going to make me feel really connected to it and excited about it and know that like I'm contributing to something bigger than just launching a program. And the best leaders make you want to ask those type of questions. They want you to ask them, hey, like, is this impactful for us? 
they didn't hire you just to say, hey, here's a list and go complete this checklist and like, you know, check the box off. Like, like, no, like make the business better. Like ask us questions. Why are we doing these things? How do we make the business better? And like you said, like the best leader set up that environment for success. Okay, let's play a little game and we're going to play lead or leave. I'm going to do rapid fire questions about a random situation where you will then have to decide if you will lead in that situation or if you would leave that situation. So are you ready? Let's do it. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to pick the first one. Oh, this one. (laughs) Okay. Lead or leave. You're faced with the decision to aggressively pursue a competitor's customer, which could result in a high profile legal battle and negative publicity. Leave. (laughs) Okay. Your company faces pressure to take a public stance on a divisive political or social issue, which could alienate some customers or stakeholders. Lead. Okay. Instituting Karaoke Fridays, where team members must present their weekly reports in song. Lead. I hope I never interview somebody that wants to leave that situation. (laughs) And maybe they have a better situation. Maybe they have something more extravagant than karaoke on Friday. Yeah, yeah. Which is why we do the justification. But I'd be like, you need to leave this interview, sir or madam. (laughs) Okay. All future company meetings and board meetings will be held in virtual reality. Lead. Okay, let's do one more. Your star employee gets an offer from a rival company, but will stay for a significant salary raise, which could strain your budget. Leave. Awesome. All right. Anything you want to justify? Let's go through the questions one by one so then I can understand the question a little bit more and provide my justifications. Okay. We had, you're faced with the decision to aggressively pursue a competitor. Got it. Yeah. So I believe I said leave on that. There's plenty of other customers that we can go after, plenty of other prospects. It's not worth it in terms of the ROI of getting stuck with legal battle. Like we want to be able to have the customers that want us make it easier for everybody. Mm-hmm. Agree. Okay. Uh, the divisive political or social issue. Yeah. I think organizations today are made up of obviously human beings and we all have different political views, different social beliefs, but I also think as a company, you know, you have to make a stance on some of the things. If you were going to be super vanilla at the company, I think your employees are going to recognize that. And I think it depends on whatever stance you want to take, understand the justification and also going back to the over-communicate part. Like, hey, this is why we have a stance at this company because also your employees are either going to respect you or leave in that situation. I think the worst thing you can do is do nothing and just, you know, not make a stance because then your employees are going to make it seem like they don't want to be there anymore because of that. And people will vote with their feet either way. If they don't like it, they'll leave. If they like it, they'll stay. And good leaders know that. And Mm -hmm. they have tied those decisions to their core values. And I think that they see the benefit of doing that. Karaoke Friday, not really sure that needs much of a justification, but... (laughs) Yeah, it's obviously we work we work remotely and virtually. So like anything that we can do more fun, let's do it. Love it. What was the last one we had? The virtual reality one, yes. making all board meetings and team meetings. So one of my previous companies, we got to expense, I want to say Meta's Oculus. And we actually held meetings sometimes via the Oculus for, for team meetings. And I think in the future, it's going to go like we just we just seen with Apple, some of the Vision Pro stuff that's going to happen out there. Uh, I think it's fun. I think it's a cool idea. 
I think hopefully in two or three years, you know, if I can get a free Vision Pro for my company, I'm all for it. That is awesome. So you have been in this situation before. Tell me a little bit about what it was like having a meeting in virtual reality. <laughs> it's different. I would say today it's not as, it's not impactful. I mean, we're looking at Zoom every single day anyways, or we're looking over a video. So it's not that different, but, you know, having something, you know, over your eyes and kind of just being immersed in it, it's newer. I think I would have to get used to it, but it's, mm-hmm. it's fun. You know, anything that can switch up the day-to-day monotony of working remotely and, and being at a company, like anything that we can do fun, like let's do it. I agree. I agree. Are they, I've never worn a virtual reality headset. Are they heavy? It depends. I, I've used like a VR gaming headset. It's a little bit heavier, uh, but the Oculus one, it's, it's not too heavy. It's almost reminds me of, you know, those like older toys that you can actually put the little circle disc in then you can like do the the yeah. thing and then it's like the slideshow it's kind of like that this reminds me of because it's like goes on there and imagine if you just put a, a band on that and, and put it over your eyes so it's almost like a sleeping mask but a little bit heavier okay that's awesome <laughs> i'm down i'm i want to try there you go maybe for your next podcast you can do it all all vr <laughs> <laughs> i love that i'm not sure how we would incorporate the riverside recording into that but we'll figure it out <laughs> Okay. Thank you for playing. Always fun to break up the interview with that. And I also, it brings out stories. Like it, it reminds people of, oh, hey, I've done that. I've had virtual, you know, meetings or meetings in virtual reality. So it's always fun to hear those stories. So I know that you agree that the personal growth and development journey, there's just such a powerful interplay between that and your professional growth and your leadership journey. I'm curious how your personal journey, your personal development, personal growth has influenced that career progression, the way that you lead your professional development in general. Early in my career, I thought that I needed to make 300K and be a VP at a fast growing tech company all by the time I was 30 years old. And I had this playing out in my head and I worked towards that every single day. And I didn't focus on the day-to-day things of how to actually grow personally. I wasn't taking risks. I wasn't maybe taking more chances or asking for help or DMing people because I want to learn more about their roles. I was just focused on getting to this one goal. And looking back, And going through all the experiences that I had, I think the biggest thing for me was being open and being flexible, being flexible to anything that's out there, right? So I love just, again, working at startups, but I don't know about the startups until I actually open and researching them and trying to learn, like, what do they do? Like, obviously, Matt Kudu. Matt Kudu's on my startup list because I, I know what they do. And it's interesting to see how different your career is. You know, by the time maybe you start, I started my tech career when I was 21. I'm 28 right now. So in those seven years, every other year, basically I changed my career journey and I grew personally. And that helped me actually professionally as well, because I understood, Hey, if I want to get to this next step, I actually have to put myself out there and be vulnerable and grow on a personal level so that I actually can grow on a professional level as well. And I aligned my personal goals of where I want to do. Um, obviously they changed from when I was earlier in my career, but I aligned them to more, to what I want to do professionally, which is, you know, I led to work at these type of companies that are that are fast growing. And I also like to make sure that they're helping me in both my professional and personal life by allowing me to be challenged with projects, working with great people. And every single day I get to wake up and be excited to do the cool stuff at the company. Yeah, I love it. And I also think it's helpful in being able to tell your story, 
right? Like you sort of have to come to terms with your own shit in order to move out of, I'm not a victim and this happened to me versus this happened for me and I'm resilient. And I think that it takes a lot of personal growth and challenging limiting beliefs, your assumptions, your values, like really looking at that foundational core of who you are in order to move forward. And once you do, it's like opens up so many opportunities because you're able to share your story. You're able to look at things more objectively and be able to move forward into whatever pathway, hopefully the one with the least resistance you want. Yeah, it's definitely one of the biggest things I think that plagues people early on in their career because they think that they need to have this perfect roadmap. And if they don't get there, they sort of have an identity crisis when it comes to it. Yeah. I had an identity crisis. I thought that I need to make X amount of money to live this type of life and to have this sort of prestige with the title. And every year I started slowly seeing this vision close because mm-hmm. it wasn't where I was going and I can, you know, backtrack like, no, by the time you're 30, you're not going to be here. And I realized recently, like, that's okay, right? Everything that happened in my career happened for a reason, happened because of me, right? And didn't happen because I was just sitting and things that are happening to me, right? No, it's like, because of me, like I did these things, I set myself up this way because of the things that I worked on, whether it's good or bad, they're all experiences that I learned from. And I think when you're early in your career, you expect certain things. I thought that I was going to get somebody to come in and actually grow my career, very personalized one-on-one approach, whether it's your first or second manager, like you kind of expect those things because you're going from the non-working world to a professional world and you think that all these things are grand and, and they're fairy tales and, and it's amazing. And it's a reality check two years in when you realize, oh, it's up to me. Like it's up to me to go out and figure out what I want to do in my career and to get the roles I want and to make the money that I want to make. And I think it's refreshing to know that because it's like, oh, it's all on me. Okay, then I just have to do the work that I need to do. I have to stay curious. I have to obviously take initiative on this to get to the things that I want to do. I think your reframing is really magical. And I can tell that you've done a lot of work on that because it's hard. It's hard to move yourself out of the way that you talk down about yourself and the stories that you tell and just the language that you use. The way that Gio is talking is a choice. Like that is a choice that he makes every single day because he's done this work around reframing and okay, I'm not going to look at it like this. I'm going to use this language instead. And if you repeat it enough times and make it a habit, you literally will change your reality. Yeah, and the the thing that I that I believe is so worrisome is that the fact that people in the working world feel like they don't have a choice. Mm-hmm. And it, that that breaks my heart because I was that person, I was that 23-year-old professional working in tech feeling like I don't have a choice. Like this is my life, this is my career, this is my role, this is my title. I'm going to be stuck. Like I can't do anything about it. And it's really crippling. You wake up every day knowing that you feel like you have no choice. It's tough. But the people that have reframed it going back to your point about reframing and telling themselves like, no, actually I do have a choice. I'm choosing to wake up and to stay at this job. That is a choice. That's the ultimate choice that you're making right now. So why can't it be the other way? Like you get to choose and wake up to not be at this job. You can choose and wake up to go do something else, to focus on a different role or a different path for you. And it's sometimes we have blinders on when we're going in the early part of our careers. Like I don't have a choice. Like this is just what it is, this reality. 
But that's not true because you got yourself to this situation and you can also get yourself out of it. Yep. Your brain created it. Your brain can get you out of it. And that's not to say that your choices don't have implications or challenges. You know, there's, it's not all positive thinking and good vibes and like that's toxic, right? It's just a choice. It's just a choice that you make and you have to have the foresight to see what those implications are, see what those challenges will be so you know how to anticipate them. It doesn't mean that like just because you make the positive choice that there won't be challenges, that there won't be trauma that you have to deal with, that there won't be things that you have to offload. You still have to do those things, but the more you make the positive choice, the easier those things will be to move through. I know we're winding down. I'm curious, what would you say is your leadership superpower? I am a people person first and foremost. You strip all the SaaS stuff, the working world, the professional world. I don't care about any of that. When it comes down to it, like I want to know how you are as a person. Are you doing okay? How is your family? Because that's the thing that matters. And we, I think, feel as working professionals, feel like we have to put on this facade or this mask of like, hey, like this is what it is. But being a leader, you you have to really understand like that is not just uh, somebody that is a corporate drone coming to work every day. Like, that's an actual person with real life situations that are going on. And when you can connect to that person to help them grow on a personal and a professional level, they're going to be all in. But if you don't, and I, I think I've seen this in the past where you don't connect to them and you don't show empathy when it comes to certain things, then that person is going to check out and, and sort of tune out and belt with their feet. And then that's not a fun thing. So I think my superpower is obviously I learned from the best, leading with empathy and just human first everything yeah no matter what we're doing you're probably in the people business we're not really in the marketing or SaaS or tech like it's people people are the most important we're here for connection we're here for helping others and right now it is very veiled by selling software to other tech leaders <laughs> but at the end of the day it's we're in the people business I think that's very well said so finally, for those listening, especially those, the group of individuals that are early in their career, they're feeling stuck, they're feeling frustrated, the things that we've been talking about, what are some things that they should be doing, whether it be resources or exercises, experiences, what would you recommend? The number one thing I would recommend first is doing a self-reflection. And a self-assessment of like where you are at with your career and where do you want it to go? So what are some of the things that give you the most energy about your role or situation? And then what are some of the things that drain you about your role or the situation, right? If you're upset about a certain situation at your company or your manager or just your career situation in general, you know, reflect on that. Like, why is that making you upset? And then the second part, once you do that, is figuring out, okay, well, like, what's next? And it's okay because you're not going to know what's next. But you can reach out there. You have LinkedIn. You have so many resources out there. I can be a resource. This podcast is a resource that's out there for, for everyone to, to, to kind of reference. But going back to my two favorite things, curiosity and initiative. Like if you learn anything else from me, take take these two things, curiosity and initiative, the, the backbone of where I got to where I'm at in my career. Because of those two things, I was able to get unstuck in any career situation. Curiosity and initiative. I love it. And I can see how it has shaped you and your story. And I just appreciate you coming on and sharing and 
sharing your stories, your wisdom, your tips, and I think really just an important message for not only people who are stuck in their career progression, but leaders of all kinds. So thank you, Gio. Thanks for having me. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. I hope you walk away with something empowering that you can take into your own leadership journey. Are you a high-performing executive looking to take your career to the next level? Or maybe you're an emerging leader who wants to develop the skills you need to advance in your role and show up authentically. Or maybe you're experiencing burnout and struggling to find a better work-life balance. Whatever your situation is, one-on-one coaching can help you achieve your personal and professional goals. If you're interested in experiencing the power of coaching for yourself, head on over to hypehousecoaching.com backslash start coaching now, where you can set up a one-on-one leadership and executive coaching intro session for free. Remember, the only hype that really matters is the hype within.